So welcome to this episode of Anesthesia On Air, the podcast from the Royal College of Anaesthetists. My name's Dr Fiona Donald and I'm the president of the RCOA and a consultant anaesthetist at North Bristol NHS Trust. Today I'm joined by Pauline Elliott, Chair of Patients' Voices at RCOA. Pauline, would you like to say a few words about yourself? Thanks very much Fiona, it's great to be here. So, um, as you say, I'm Pauline Elliott. I joined the lay committee in summer 2019 and I became the chair in September 2020. So I've got various interests at the college. Um, I'm a member of the Faculty of Intensive Care Medicine Board. I'm a member of the AXA committee. I sit on the patient information group and I'm also a co-opted member of the uh, Clinical Quality and Research Board. And as you know, I'm co-opted member now of um, the College Council. I, as my personal background, I spent my working life in healthcare, starting off as a critical care nurse, and then I moved into NHS management. And my final um, paid work was with the Parliamentary and Health Service Ombudsman, where I was investigating complaints about the NHS and government services. So perhaps it's worth saying I've had a bit of personal engagement with anaesthetics. In my life, I've had four general anaesthetics. Um, the last one was in 2018. So just I say that I've got a little bit of experience, first-hand experience of being a patient and undergoing perioperative care. That's really good to hear. And I, I think um, lived experience is what it's all about, isn't it? So having a, a good understanding of, of what we're about is, is excellent. So welcome today. And I think today what we're going to discuss is um, the patient's voices and the college's renewed commitment to a sort of more impactful patient and public involvement. So not just lip service, but something that really has a meaning and impact, as I said. So, um, Pauline, perhaps you could just explain to us what Patients' Voices at RCOA are. Yes, certainly. Well, Patients' Voices at RCOA is our new name. You've heard me say before about the, or mentioned before, the lay committee, and that's the old name. We're now going to be Patients' Voices at RCOA because that's a more modern way of talking about patients' experiences and as you mentioned, the lived experiences of patients and getting those lived experiences across in college activities is really what we're all about now. So Patients' Voices are a group of volunteers. We're happily quite diverse now. One of our key objectives is to try and be more representative of people of the UK. And my colleagues at Patients' Voices actually come from as far apart as Glasgow, West Wales, Yorkshire, uh, Newcastle, and down in the south in London southeast. But we're also quite diverse in the communities we represent. Um, for example, uh, several faith groups are represented in our membership now. We were actually um, set up in 1998 as the lay committee and since then the the group has developed into a valued um, part of college life 
and we work closely with the college, with college staff, with clinical leads like yourself, Fiona, and your predecessors. But actually what we've got at the moment is quite an old fashioned model of engagement. It's that classic committee structure where a member of the patient's voices is invited to sit on lots of committees, uh, lots of college committees. Um, and we don't feel now in uh, 2023, we don't think it's the best way of helping the the college embed the patient experience in its activities. I'll just say that we've got a new purpose and vision. Um, and uh, as I've said, we've got a, a diverse group of people. And um, what we want to do is support, advise and influence the college. We provide the patient's perspective on its activities and we aim to help the college improve the delivery of safe and more effective patient-centred care. And also we want to help the college enhance patients' experience of anaesthesia and perioperative care. That sounds quite long-winded, but when you break it down, it's all about working together as a group of patients' voices with college staff and with uh, the clinical staff at the college and the clinicians who actually give their time in uh, developing patients and college activities. So thanks Pauline for that very interesting and thorough expose of what um, the patients' voices at RCOA will be doing in the future for both um, patients and the public and for the membership of course. I was pleased to be able to do an introduction to the new patients' voices at RCOA strategy and in there, we did say that we want the group to be critical friends to us and to um, help us improve the way that we, we we do our public engagement, really. Um, I think that's that's what we're getting at. And I think um, I've seen, you know, over the years that I've been involved with the college, the contribution that previously members of the lay committee made. And you're right that the model of people just contributing during committee meetings is is quite old fashioned. and just didn't seem to reach out far enough or, or give us that permeation of the patient and public voice throughout everything we do in the college. And I'm really pleased to see, um, I, I joined a, a meeting of what was then the lay committee um, several weeks ago now, and I was just really excited to see the diversity of people who were there and and most importantly, how excited and engaged they were and the, the level of conversation that was going on. It was a really um, great meeting to be at and gave me great hope for the future of our, of our engagement. So um, I think, you know, your, your new strategy is a, is a really exciting venture, as, as, you've, as we've outlined now, and sort of dovetails with our um, new values and strategy. So I wonder if you could um, maybe expand on that a little bit. Yes, uh, thanks Fiona. I mean, uh, that meeting which you attended was great. It was really to have your engagement with the patient's voices and they really appreciated it. Um, and everybody learned from it, I think, and your um, your characterization of the meeting as really lively and engaging is totally right. You know, the patient's voices we have at the moment are committed to their role with the college and they are excited about it. 
And what we did in the session um, following that, which you attended, was we all got together as patients' voices with college staff, and we started to look at how we could uh, align our existing interim strategy, which we developed a couple of years ago, with the new college strategy. And we started off by sitting down together and thinking, what do these new college values, these four key college values mean to us as uh, lay representatives, patient representatives, patients' voices at the college? And we thought about how we could uh, make them meaningful to us. And that was a really useful exercise. And that's that enabled us to actually express in our own way what those four values mean to us as patients' voices. And once we'd done that, we went on to look at the three key strategic pillars which are going to guide our work over the next probably four to five years. And we looked back at our interim strategy, as I say, and we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We used those existing themes to develop our strategic pillars. And we have three of those, so strengthening our voice, improving how we communicate the views of patients internally and externally, and increasing our impact by developing effective ways of working. So essentially strengthening our voices about um, our internal workings, how we actually become more representative of patients by becoming more diverse, more articulate, understanding more about the work of anaesthetists and perioperative care so that we can be more influential. And improving our commitment to uh, communication is about how we can actually be more visible and audible advocates for the college and for patients' voices, and thereby utilising our opportunities to raise our profile, but also promoting that meaningful patient and public engagement with the college. And finally, we've touched on how old-fashioned some of our current ways of working are, and we've already started to move forward to use different ways of working. Uh, more modern, more inclusive, and more effective ways of working. So an example of that would be our recent focus group. So we held a focus group about anaesthesia associates, um, a consultant anaesthetist and clinical director attended, and an anaesthetic associate attended. She'd been in that position for nearly 10 years. And there, I think there were four or five of us there as patients' voices who were able to constructively challenge and ask questions about the impact of anaesthesia associates on patient care and how we could help patients understand about the role of anaesthesia associates. So those are our key uh, ideas that we've developed them into our strategy which um, was published in early 2023 and um, we're going to be taking those ideas forward as I say over the next three four maybe even five years 
aligning them with what's happening in the current college strategy. Thanks, Pauline. I mean, there's a huge amount of work going on and uh, I'm, I'm in awe of everything that you've achieved over, over the last um, few months, um, although I know it's been in the planning for a long time. And I mentioned uh, previously that, you know, the college is committed to improving how we do patient engagement. And um, so we, we do have some specific actions to, to back that up at the college. And so we're developing a new patient and public um, involvement function at the RCOA. And we've got a full time member of staff working in the clinical quality and research directorate to support this, because, of course, it's 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 easy to have ideas, but you really need to be able to, to back those up and, and get them into implementation. And that does demand some input. So we're really um, committed to that involvement. Um, we also, do, one of the other things that's um, happened recently is much more involvement of the patient and public um, side of things through patients' voices at RCOA um, at events and conferences and certainly at Anesthesia 2022, two members of what was then the lay committee were involved in a discussion um, at, at that conference. So. Do you have any thoughts about how we might take that forward? I'd really like to see uh, more involvement of, of the um, patients' voices at RCOA in events, but have you got any sort of specific thoughts about that? Yes, Fiona, you're right. Certainly um, the feedback we had from the 2022 conference, the um, engagement levels with my colleagues Yin and Veena, who actually spoke in the session about assisted dying it was really really positive people came up to them afterwards and thanked them for their contribution they also had online feedback which was also very positive and that is the sort of thing we'd like to do going forward um, certainly we have put forward ideas for participation in anesthesia 2023 um, I think we're probably going to be uh, staging an event in the margins of, of the conference this year, but we do hope to have a bigger presence going forward in future conferences. Um, and I suppose uh, a longer term aim is perhaps to have a conference of our own, not necessarily as grand as um, Anesthesia 2023, but perhaps an online event where we can actually share patients' experiences with clinicians and develop thinking about patient and public involvement in medical care and particularly anaesthesia and perioperative care. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges has such an event. Um, in 2022, it focused on mental health and we were privileged to hear some lived patient experiences from people who um, shared their experiences of healthcare with us. And that I think is the sort of model which, as I say, in the future we'd like to develop, where we can actually get those real life voices um, into our work with the college. Yeah, and no, I, th I think that would be excellent because certainly speaking personally, whenever I've been at conferences where a patient has given us insight into their experience and to be honest it's usually adverse experience it really hits home and gives you a fantastic idea of just the the 
the effect that what you do has on patients. Um, so, and, and, it, and you remember those sorts of things much more than perhaps some of the more um, esoteric things that sometimes come up at conferences. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think um, also patients becoming more articulate. The more we welcome uh, patients' voices, then the more patients, I think, and carers will be willing to step forward and share those experiences with us. Yes, absolutely. And obviously, many recent reports and reviews have emphasised how important it is for us to listen to patients um, when we are, um, you know, when they come to us for healthcare. I think also, you know, apart from, and I think that that type of conference sounds like an excellent idea. And I think also what we want to do is to increase um, the engagement of patients' voices at RCOA through things such as this podcast, blogs, and um, social media as well, just so that the members who may not be aware, um, for many of them, that we have this um, public and patient involvement, so they can be aware of what's going on and and how they can they themselves could could engage with the group um as you've said so so pauline i mean one of the ways that the um patient and public voice can be heard is through a feeding into our patient information leaflets and i think that's an area that you've got a lot of interest in and, and are starting to work in so do you want to do you want to give us a bit of information on that yes certainly i mean uh... This is a really important area of the college's work. Um, there is a really helpful body of material for patients and the public to read. And we know that much of that information is very well received by our colleagues in pre-operative assessment clinics, for example. But also it's freely available for people to download or read online. Once again, following the, the theme that we've picked up in this podcast, we're trying to modernise our approach to patient information. Uh, patients don't necessarily now want pages and pages of written information. They are preferring to be able to access information online in short bursts, on video, on podcasts. Um, and one of the initiatives we've been involved in, which is proving to be very positive, is patient information for children. And there's been a, a very successful cooperative venture about Dennis um, and the production of information for children called Dennis has an anaesthetic and it takes Dennis through his perioperative experience along with his friends. I think they're called the Bash Street Kids, aren't they? And his pet dog, Nasha, who all feature in this piece of um, very beautifully drawn and very engaging patient information. Perhaps one of the most important things about this is we didn't just do what we thought was right. We actually engaged with groups of kids. So a scout group, for example, who helped us think about how to set out the information, whether it would be appropriate for their age group um, and what would appeal to children, what would be effective, which I think has got to be so much better than just writing paragraphs of information, which we all think is very helpful. 
Yeah, that's that project um, for, for children with Dennis the Menace sounds very exciting. And I think that was a collaboration with the B-Note, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. I think it's DC Thompson who produced the comic version of Beano and um, our colleagues at the college have been working very closely with Beano and making this Dennis has an anaesthetic such an appealing piece of patient information. Oh, that's brilliant. And I think, you know, you were mentioning that um, we're doing some work on perioptive anxiety as well. And I mean, you might think that that wouldn't lend itself terribly well to written information. So I think you've got some more kind of innovative ideas around that. Yes, I mean, certainly with the college's lead in patient information, Dr. Sam Black, um, one of her interests is perioperative anxiety and how we can actually help patients deal with that. Um, and we're, we've got some recordings now that patients can listen to and um, we'll help to relieve their anxiety, hopefully by helping them think through um, their anxieties and settle down before they undergo their anaesthetic. So it, yeah, it's, it's good to hear that we've got this sort of variety of ways in which we can help people both to be informed and perhaps a bit more relaxed about their perioperative journey. So, and I think that's, you know, it's an example of how things are broadening out um, in our, our patient information portfolio. Yes, I think that's right, Fiona. And also one of the things that I understand has been really successful is the infographic about risk, which has been really well accepted. Trying to help patients understand risk. Uh, I understand absolutely myself. It's really hard to uh, help patients understand the level of risk that is involved in different procedures and the infographic um is very helpful it's obviously very visual and it helps people think about well is this the level of risk you know, is it amongst my family is it in my town is it in a city it's it's worked out in a way that uh, if i use the term an ordinary person can actually relate to so i think using those more visual methods of helping people understand risk has also been highly successful. Yes, and I don't think it's just the public that that helps. I think uh, it helps healthcare professionals as well, to be honest. And that's great, isn't it? If we can work together to produce information which is useful for the clinicians and for the public, that's, that's a, a real achievement. Absolutely. Now, I just want to go back to, to one point about the patients' voices at RCOA and the, the various members that we have. Now, traditionally, people who volunteer for these sorts of things have to have the ability to give up quite a lot of time um, and to be able to travel, and, and that inevitably excludes quite a number of people. So have you got any thoughts on how, because you've already managed to achieve greater diversity in um, ethnicity, age, gender for the group, but any thoughts about how you might overcome some of these barriers? Well, certainly, I suppose if there were any benefits to COVID-19, then one of them is certainly that people are much more comfortable with online working. And um, 
my colleagues who are perhaps less able to travel because of their personal commitments or their personal circumstances, most of them are now pretty comfortable with working on teams, attending meetings via teams and using more modern ways of communicating. Like, for example, we have a WhatsApp group and we can share information via that group. Um, we don't have to rely on actually coming into college to meet. So that I think is already helping us engage with people. As, as you said, as I said, um, my colleagues are coming from quite a distance to college meetings, but um, I think the increased use of online working has really been beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I, and as you say, um, that is something that has um, come about as we've had to work more online and does make things easier in a lot of ways. I think also the group are, are collaborating with organisations who can act as a bridge with um, with specific communities. Is that right? Uh, yes, that's absolutely right. I think we're going to be working well, we as part of our strengthening our voice pillar of our strategy, we want to learn as much as we can about patient experiences. Um, and also our second pillar requires us to work more externally, effectively externally. So um, I think we've we've talked about, um, you know, trying to be uh, a bit more broad in what we do in terms of our patient and public engagement. And as I understand it, we're now thinking about moving out and working with other charities or, or at least consulting with other charities to reach into areas that we traditionally don't really know that much about. Um, any sort of ideas about that or, or projects that we're already involved with? Well, certainly we're working with the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health on a children's version of the very successful um, patient information called Fitter, Better, Sooner. And that's a new venture for us, actually making sure we engage effectively with external stakeholders. Other charitable organisations are also uh, areas that we want to, organisations that we want to work with to improve our engagement but that's um, part of our plans for the future um, certainly we'll, we'll be developing those links it's all part of our second the second pillar of our strategy improving how we communicate the views of patients internally and externally yes absolutely so thanks very much pauline for this um really informative conversation and I hope that it will be useful both to the membership of the college and to patients and the public to be able to hear you know what, what is going on and the vision of both the college and the patient voices at RCOA for the next few years. Um, all of this is available for people to look at on the website so do feel free to go there and look at the information and um, look out for more exciting developments. So thank you very much. Thank you, Fiona. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Anesthesia On Air from the Royal College of Anaesthetists. Make sure you don't miss out on the latest episodes by clicking subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, 
please make sure you give us a review. It helps others find our podcast. If there is a topic you'd like us to cover or you'd like to feature in the podcast, please email podcast at rcoa.ac.uk. And finally, if you would like to access more podcasts, as well as videos, e-learning, webinars, and our program of events and courses, you can find them all online at rcoa.ac.uk forward slash education. We hope to see you again soon.